Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are right here with us. And I pray that you would speak to each and every one of our hearts. I pray that we'll hear your voice and that we will be able to act on what we hear today. Thank you that you love us and that you are interested in our lives. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So this title of our sermon, well, me and JJ, we worked it out together. We're just doing the same thing. So that's why it's our, I'm not speaking, you know, about myself in the, what, the second or third person? What do you call that? Um, <clears throat> do you know people like that? It's very interesting. We, JJ knew this guy, he told me about him this week while we were working on the university campus in um, Potchefstroom in South Africa. He used to speak to himself, about himself, uh, like we. We will have to decide if we are going to do that. And then one day JJ said, like, who is this we? <laughs> like, you're like a single student, you know. And he said, well, me and the Holy Spirit. And he's like, oh, that's good, but it's weird. <laughs> Stop saying that. <laughs> well, we will see how we'll feel about that. <laughs> anyway, my title of the sermon is, Where Do I Get Fed? So it sounds a little bit like an animal, but, you know, where do I get fed? And I guess this question can be answered in different, in different places, right? And uh, I'm definitely not picking a fight today with any other church. If you were thinking I'm picking a fight, I am not the fight picking type. Um, if you pick a fight with me, I'll fight, but I'm not going to pick a fight with you. Um, so it's not about what other churches do or doesn't do and how other churches uh, chooses to help the people grow. So it's not about that. I simply want to share our approach to this. And, um, you know, because I've heard so many times, and maybe you've also heard this before, people say, you know what, I think I'm going to come visit your church because I'm not getting fed at my church. Anyone ever heard that? I've heard it here <clears throat> when we lived in Jennings, I heard it there. When I lived in Cape Town, I heard it there. When I lived in Poch, when I lived in Louis-Trichardt, try and say that. <laughs> um, and that's where I grew up. It's a small town, three times the size of Crowley. <laughs> anyway, so <clears throat> that statement is all around. People saying, I want to come visit a different church because where I'm at, I'm not getting fed. And um, it might be flattering. You know, you might feel like, yeah, come on, you know, come to my church. Um, at the surface level, it's flattering. But at a deeper level, it is really problematic, you know, because if our goal of our church was to get more people to come visit or attract more attenders, then we would celebrate it. But that is not the goal of our church. We, our goal is not for people just to come visit and attend. I want to share a couple of verses with you to show you what our goal is um, for our church. So read with me Ephesians 4 verse 11 to 16. <clears throat> All right, it says, And he has appointed some with grace to be apostles, and some with grace to be prophets, and some with grace to be evangelists, and some with grace to be pastors, and some with grace to be teachers. And their calling is not to nurture and prepare all the holy believers to, and their calling is, it's, it is, to nurture and prepare all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry. And as they do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. Did you hear that? These grace ministries will function until we all attain oneness in the faith. Until we all experience the fullness of what, is, what it means to know the Son of God. 
And finally, we become one perfect man with the full dimensions of spiritual maturity and fully developed in the abundance of Christ. And then our immaturity will end. Yo! <laughs> when I read this, I was like, yeah, okay. Um, and we will not be easily shaken by trouble, nor led astray by novel teachings or by false doctrines of deceivers who teach clever lies. But instead, we will remain strong and always sincere in our love as we express the truth. All our direction and ministries will flow from Christ and lead us deeper into Him, the anointed head of His body, the church. For His body has been formed in His image and is closely joined together and constantly connected as one. And every member has been given divine gifts to con contribute to the growth of all and as these gifts operate effectively through the whole body, we are built up and made perfect in love. Now, I know that's like a mouthful, <clears throat> a big mouthful. So, but it's saying we as full-time ministers, are, our job is to equip you for the work of the ministry. And <clears throat> we will grow until we one day are not so immature anymore and we go to heaven. <laughs> Something like that. So, all of our strategic intent flows from this verse. Everything we do flows from this verse. But I believe that our success of this goal, you know, if that is our goal, isn't dependent on how well we as a staff or as leaders or people that serve at church make things happen. You know, it's easy to look at church and think, okay, the success is um, about how we do, say, next step or how we do the next thing. But that is not what we, how we will measure our success. It is dependent on how effectively we are connecting each and every one of us and you guys to the Word of God. If our strategies and our efforts do not lead you to a personal relationship with God and His Word, we won't achieve any of this. So the big goal is to lead and push you towards a relationship with God and His Word. So I'm going to give you three points this morning about the Word of God, and I hope that you would open up your heart to hear what the Holy Spirit is whispering to you, because He's always speaking, and we just have to listen. You know, even if it's something you've heard so many times, I've been like a few times at Freedom, and every time, if I just open up my heart, the Holy Spirit tells me something about something I've heard so many times. So my first, first point is the Word of God is the primary way that we build relationship with God. That is, you're like, ah, I have heard that so many times. And it's true because it's true. <laughs> You've heard that so many times because that is the truth. You know, it is the means through which God heals us. He grows us. He changes us and trains us for our purpose in Him. He uses the Word of God, Scripture. John 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So it's saying that the Word is God. God is the Word. They are the same. So when you are reading the Bible, <clears throat> you are communing with God. And that changed my life the first time I realized it. So I grew up in a traditional Christian home. I don't know which church it would be the same as over here, but it doesn't matter. We went to church every Sunday. And... Um, I mean, we were always in church, and uh, we always sat in the front and went to, 
Well, I guess you'd call it kids' church. We call it Sunday school, but your reference of Sunday school is something completely different, I've realized. Uh, so when you guys say we have Sunday school, I'm thinking it's kids. <laughs> I mean, I hear it's, it's adults. Um, but so we ha- I had a Bible, right? And I had it next to my bed, and I never opened it because I, didn't, I felt like I couldn't understand it, and I felt like it's just this book I never realized that the book is Jesus, the book is God, and that when I read the Bible, I can get to know God better. 2 Timothy 3 verse 16 says, all scripture is breathed out by God. (laughs) It's saying that every scripture comes from God, is breathed out by God. And it's profitable for teaching, reproof of correction, and for training in righteousness. I mean, that is a mouthful, but that is exactly what the Word of God is for. It comes from God. It's for us to change us in a way that we can live out our purpose that God has for us. Number two is the degree to which you connect your life to the Word of God, you will experience life. The degree to which you connect your life to the Word of God, you will experience life. I don't know if you've ever experienced uh, this before. I did for a very long time. I was a Christian. Well, like we started saying, me and my kids are Christian lady. <laughs> There's this guy. Okay, I'll tell you about him. Yeah, no, I'll tell you about him. Um, he, uh, I can't remember his name, but he takes internet, uh, mostly, fa- mostly Facebook conversations, and he turns them into songs. But he, he takes it exactly as they say it. So there's this inter, uh, internet fight about someone stealing a broccoli recipe. And then this lady said, don't say that, she's a Christian lady. So um, I was a Christian lady and a, a Christian lady, if you're still wondering what I'm saying. Um, my whole, basically my whole life, but I didn't connect to the Word of God. I never read the Word of God. And I didn't experience this at all. <laughs> I didn't experience that life. And when I read the Bible, I also didn't experience life, and we'll, we'll get to that in a second. You know, God's Word is our essence for life. And it's just paying it lip service, you know, will only result in a me- mediocre experience of God. You know, when you're paying something lip service, you don't, you don't really, really do it. Uh, you don't really care for it. Uh, you just read it every now and then when someone else sends you a daily devotion screenshot thing. Um, it will result in a mediocre experience of God and His presence, His power, and His breakthroughs. So if you've been wondering, why am I not experiencing God's power? Why am I not experiencing a breakthrough? Why am I not experiencing the presence of God? You might want to listen up this morning because I know that if you take what I'm sharing today, this will result in those things for you. You know, Psalms 119 verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. You know, if you read and heed the Lord's instructions, so read it and heed it, read it and do it, um, He will show us where to go. You know, it's easy to say God's word is a light unto my path, but I don't do everything He says, so I'm just like, the light's there for me, but I choose to leave it there, and I choose to go down this dark path alone. So, He will show us where to go if we take His Word and we listen to it, and it will show us what decisions to make. And even when we made the wrong decision, 
He will also reveal that to us and he will show us if we go along this path, what the consequences will be. Psalms 119 verse 165. This is an awesome scripture. There is such a great peace and well-being that comes to the lovers of your word and they will never be offended. <laughs> have you ever been offended? I have. <laughs> ah, that challenged me when I read it because then I was like, oh, you're Jesus, <laughs> I need more of your word because if your word has made a place in my heart, I will choose to forgive, I will choose to let go and I won't stay in offense. Proverbs 4 verse 20 to 22. Listen carefully, my dear children, to everything that I teach you and pay attention to all that I say. Fill your thoughts with my words until they penetrate deep into your spirit. I'm going to read that again. Fill your thoughts with my words, the words of God, the Bible, until they penetrate deep into your spirit. Then as you unwrap my words, they will impart true life and radiant health into every to very core of your being. Wow. I mean, this, when, I was, when we were writing this, I, was, I can't tell you how challenged I was. Just again, realizing how powerful, full of life the Word of God is and this amazing gift that God gave us, that God gave me, and I'm just using it, you know, half of it, um, if it is. We have to stay connected to the Word of God. Plugged in, you know, like a cell phone charger. Uh, but many times we plug our phones into our earbuds and we think it's going to charge. I don't do that, but Gray does that. It's my son. He's four. So I ask him, please go plug in my phone. And then I get to my phone and it's plugged in, but to the earbuds. And then I'm like, dude. <laughs> That doesn't help. <laughs> and I'd show him. I said, can you see this needs to go into the wall to get the electricity? And he's like, yes, yes, yes. And next time, what does he do? Plugs into the earbuds. Because, I mean, it fits. So <laughs> it will charge. And, um, but we do the same thing. We get plugged into the wrong thing. And we think we're going to charge. Man. I don't know. Cut it off. Take it out. John 15 verse 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Now this is so known, this scripture, but just hear me out. <laughs> I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Are you struggling to bear fruit? Like if, if you look at yourself, do you see fruit? Yo. <laughs> I am the vine. If you stay in me, I'll stay in you and you will bear fruit. Number three, it is imperative that each of us on our own connect and draw deeply from the well of living water that is God's word. On our own. You know that story in the Bible of the woman at the well? Um, she met Jesus. She was getting water for some animal, maybe, I don't know, and um, getting water for them. And she met Jesus, and he knew everything about her, right? She was in a relationship, married so many times, but not, you know, all these men, and just looking for life, looking for satisfaction. And Jesus told her all about her life. And then he said, 
verse 14, John 4, 14. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst. But the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. We all have to drink on our own. Many times we drink together, but not alone. So where do I get fed the word of God? Many come to church to be fed, and you know, we do. And this is a great place to come. I'm not saying don't come to church anymore. Please come. <laughs> um, but this is more, you should think of this more like a family meal. You know, have you ever had family meals like with your family on a Sunday? Or main, most people do it on a Sunday, you know, Sunday lunch if you live close by. I've never been able to do that. I've never lived close by to my family. Um, that's sad. Anyway, we did have Sunday lunch when I was in our house. <laughs> um, I thought of it the other day. My parents, my mom and my grandmother used to start cooking on a Saturday evening. Because JJ said, we never have these awesome Sunday lunches. I'm like, yeah, I'm not starting cooking on a Saturday evening. I don't know about that. <laughs> Married the wrong person. <laughs> we'll eat. I bought this little thing block and it's in my kitchen and it asks but did you starve <laughs> it's the life right <laughs> um, so but we have these so think of church as a family lunch um, where we you know we gather and we have all these traditions we come together <clears throat> we have a tradition when we come together my mom decided this is our tradition she always says so let's go around and tell each other what you are thankful for and all our children goes Ugh. And now as an adult, I'm like, hey, let's sit. I'll tell my children, let's say what we're all thankful for. And when they go, oh, I'm like, hey, check yourself. <laughs> anyway, so I believe every Sunday that we should share, we should come together and we should get a word from God. And, you know, the shepherd, JJ, or whoever is here in front needs to, you know, share that word and direct, protect and heal and feed us. But coming together on a Sunday has many reasons. It is manifold. It's just not just for feeding, you know, for getting food. Sunday should be seen as an ebb and a flow. So, side note, for a, JJ typed this as we were working it out. So for the longest time, I thought he made a spelling mistake. I was like, what is an ebb? And uh, so I learned the ebb is the, you know, the waves of the ocean. And I said, who knows that? He says everybody. I'm like, yeah, okay. I did not. Anyway, so Sunday should be seen as an ebb and a flow, so a, a gathering and a scattering, right? Um, so we gather together and we worship God. We worship Him with singing, with our word, with, our, with communion, with our offering. We're coming together to worship. But can you see, looking back at the first scripture, there is so much more to be done during the week. Because after we gather here, we should scatter and go and do the work of the ministry. Not just me. All of us. All of us should go and do the work of the ministry. We should tell people about what God has done for us, praying and sharing the gospel, and invite people to our activities, the things we do, you know. That's how we start to reach out. So there's so much more to be done than just this gathering on a Sunday. You know, and what happens when you start to work, when you start doing things? What happens in normal life when you start to work? You get tired and you get hungry. I get hungry. Um, 
So we get hungry, right? And what happens when we get hungry? You eat. Well, I don't know, it sounds like you guys don't do nothing when you get hungry. <laughs> so when I get hungry, when normal people get hungry, <laughs> we eat, you eat, right? And um, we don't wait, you don't wait in your normal life for that Sunday lunch with your family, do you? If you get hungry on Monday, do you wait till Sunday? No, <laughs> we don't. We don't wait and say, oh man, Sunday's going to be awesome when I go to mom's and dad's house or, you know, wherever you go. No, we eat. You eat Monday, we eat. Sometimes we eat too much. But we eat, right? You eat many times, three times a day or five small meals. Or I don't know, which, whichever one you believe. Um, but some of us are starving ourselves spiritually. We eat Sunday and we fast, not the right type of fasting, by the way, um, until Sunday. And say you only come to church every second week, because some of us do, and that's all right. You're just going to lose a lot of weight. But um, you starve yourself. You eat Sunday. You don't come for two weeks. And then you come eat again in two weeks. And you wonder, why am I not experiencing my spiritual breakthrough? Why am I not feeling God's presence? Why am I not seeing the things in my life that I'm trusting God for? And I'm not saying that by that because we do certain things, God does certain things, but because we spend time with Him and in the Word, He does things on the inside of us. You know, you know that some of us are in life groups and um, that our life groups, we study different uh, resources and they're all meant to push you towards the Word of God. So you might study the Foundations book or Freedom well, there's so many other, um, you know, official church studies that you can do. But there's only one goal, is to push you towards the Word of God. Some of you sign up for our daily devos. You know, you either get it on text or you happen to fall on it on Facebook or Instagram. If you didn't sign up, you know, you can text and you can get the, the text. You can get your 7 o'clock alarm. <laughs> I don't know, like, what's the time? Oh, it's 7. <laughs> uh, um, you know, and that's awesome as we read through the New Testament together. But our whole discipleship journey has been designed to push you, to get you connected to the Word of God. But still, nothing, all of these things, on a Sunday, in your life group, daily devo, nothing can replace your own personal time with the Word of God. And it's so easy to miss that. So easy to think that I'm fine. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, you know? Now, unfortunately, we often read the word but approach it wrong, okay? So we wait for the scriptures, for the word to do something to me. Have you read that? And you're like, okay, God, I'm ready. Hit me with it. <laughs> you're reading it and you're like, ah, what? Nothing. Okay, so we wait for it to do something to us instead of realizing that it is when I respond to it, its power takes effect in me. So that power comes when I respond to the Word of God. Just reading it is good, but it doesn't have that life-changing effect on me. It's when I respond to what is being said um, in the Word of God that that power starts working on the inside of me. You know, my response to the Word of God either makes it a book of good ideas or an essential guide to life and victory. This very well-known scripture in James 1, to 24 says, Do not merely listen to the Word 
and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. And I many times look into the word of God forgetting what I look like. So what must we do? (laughs) You know, it feels like, okay, I don't know, it's too many things. How do we respond to this word? And we're going to just study a little bit, a short part of Psalms 119. We won't do the whole thing. Don't stress out. It's the longest one in the Bible. We won't read the whole thing. But as you came in today, you got a little card with one scripture from Psalms 119. If you didn't get one, um, I think we'll still have some left and we could just hand you one as you uh, walk out. You know something interesting about Psalms 119? Uh, scholars believe that David wrote it. It's not a, a fact fact, but they believe that he wrote it. And um, they also believe, or traditions say, that, uh, that he wrote it to teach his son, Solomon, the Hebrew alphabet. So if you, if you will go in your Bible to Psalms 119, you'll see it's divided into 22 sections. And um, the Hebrew alphabet has 22 letters. And every section, obviously not in the English, um, but in Hebrew, starts with every letter of the alphabet. And also in every section, there's eight thoughts. Might be translated a little bit different. You know, it might not be verses or whatever with us, but eight thoughts and every thought will start with that same uh, Hebrew letter of the alphabet. And uh, I just, that is so cool. And I thought that is such an awesome way to teach your children um, about God. And we started doing this when we drive to school, we use the alphabet to teach them about God and um, who God is. Because rem- they already know the alphabet. Well, gray kind of. It's Alamanopi. You know, you're like, ah, I think you know, he thinks it's one. <laughs> you know, <laughs> how that goes. And then finally when they're six, they're like, oh, L-M-N-O-P. I thought it's one thing, Alamanopi. Um, <laughs> so we started teaching them the alphabet. No. They know the alphabet. Teaching them who God is based on the alphabet. So we'll start with A saying, who is God? He is almighty. We get a scripture. B, who is God? He is, I don't know what we said. Oh, we said he's beautiful. C is creator. He made you. And we'll teach teach them a truth about who God is using the alphabet. And it's kind of the same what Solomon did. And um, you can do it for your children or yourself. (laughs) If you struggle to remember things, use things. Use something that you already know, like the alphabet. Um, all right, so let's look. Um, so I want to, oh, with the, the scripture verse that you have, we made it small enough to fit in your wallet. So the idea is for you to meditate on it. Read it, learn it, speak it over your life, and get some more, do the same. Uh, all right, so let's read one or two no, one or eight scriptures from Psalms 119. And it's, it's about what uh, the Word of God says on how we should respond to the Word of God. So the Word of God's telling us how we should respond to the Word of God. Verse 27 says, Open up my understanding to the ways of your wisdom, and I will meditate deeply on your splendor and your wonders. Meditate deeply. Verse 34, Give me an understanding heart, so that I can passionately know and obey your truth. <laughs> your passionately know. You know when you fell in love for the first time? Oh, so much passion. 
you know? Just think of that. Well, we used to write letters when I was in school. And I think most of us probably did that because we didn't have cell phones when we were in school. Um, I know, right? How did you survive? I don't know. Um, I'm also wondering, how did we survive? <laughs> anyway, um, we wrote letters. And I still remember some of them. And I'm thinking, that was way too much passion for someone that's 15. Seriously? Like, dude, no. Put down that pen. <laughs> um, you know, but passionately, to know God's word passionately. My mom told me the other day, she's like, when she got filled with the Holy Spirit, she said she's asking herself why, what changed in a relationship with God? And she said she remembers when she just got filled with the Holy Spirit, she got up every day at 4 a.m. and studied the word of God. Just got up, studied the word of God. And I'm thinking, uh, <laughs> 4 a.m. I don't know. I have four children. Oh, yeah, she had four children. Uh, I have to get up to get my kids to school. Oh, she has what to do that. Uh, I'm working. Oh, she also worked. <laughs> you know, going through all these things to justify my position where I'm standing. And we just had this conversation. And it's not about getting up at 4 a.m., but it's about seeking God's word passionately. Not just as I go by my day you know, blowing off the dust from my Bible or opening the app. I don't even know where it is um, because I don't use it enough. Psalms 37, help me turn my eyes away from illusions so that I pursue only that which is true. Drench my soul with life as I walk in your paths. Yo, this guy was passionate, man. Drench my soul. <laughs> I was just like, pour my soul. Um, <clears throat> Verse 42, I'll always have an answer for those who mock me because I trust in your word. Wow. Always have an answer for those who mock me. Maybe someone's not mocking you, but shunning you, or, you know, you can fill it in there. Verse 47, my passion and delight is in your word, for I love what you say to me. I long for more revelation of your truth, for I love the light of your word as I meditate on your decrees. Meditate, thinking about it. Because of your words, verse 92, because of your words, <clears throat> no, because your words are my deepest delight, I didn't give up when all else was lost. Where do we run when you feel everything is lost, where you feel hopeless? Do you run to the word of God? Your words are my deepest delight. I can never forget the profound revelations you've taught me, for they have kept me alive more than once. At least I can say, check. <laughs> check that one, I'm still alive. <laughs> God's word has kept me alive many times. <laughs> Your wonderful words will become my song of worship, for everything you've commanded is perfect and true. God's word has become my song. Even if it's a little corny and doesn't have a beat and doesn't really go well, sing the word of God. I'm not saying come sing it in front, just sing it in your house, in your car. <laughs> um, but sing the word of God. Is that what comes out of your mouth or is other things coming out of your mouth? What are you singing about? After reading these scriptures, we have to ask ourselves, am I doing this? Am I meditating deeply on the word of God? Or do I leave on a Sunday and nothing? And come back next Sunday and sit here and say, yes, I'm going to change this. And I'm going to do this and leave the cinema and forget what we spoke about. You know, for, forget what you decided. 
I do that many times, you know. Um, do I pray for understanding? for an understanding heart so that I can passionately know and obey the word? Do I seek to follow? Is my passion and delight in the word of God? You know, when you're passionate about something, you make every effort to get some time for that. You know, when you're passionately, passionate about, I don't know, there's so many things. We make time, we do. I mean, we make time to eat because we're all passionate about it. <laughs> you know, I'm so busy. But well, I, we all have to eat, right? So then you, we eat. Not you, Christina. You know, make time to eat. <laughs> well, we, whatever it is we're passionate about, we make time for that. Am I memorizing scripture so that I will never forget what the word of God says? Am I singing the word? How do I cultivate such a love or longing for the word? Because you could sit here and say, that's awesome and I agree with you, but I just have no desire. Like, there's nothing in me. I, don't, I hear and I, I agree with you, but I don't have that desire. Listen to this. Psalms 84 verse 2. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. If you are born again, you have a natural desire for God's word. Unless you have been drinking from the wrong well. Unless you have been plugged into the earbuds. You have that natural desire. Your soul yearns for your creator to spend time with him and in his word. But where have you been plugging yourself in? You can fill in the blank. Do you get up and you put on the TV and you listen to the news the whole day? Are you too much on social media? Maybe you're plugged into Netflix. You know exactly where the Netflix app is, but you have to search for your Bible app. You know, that's challenging. So <laughs> we have been, we were created with this desire. It starts with a decision to drink. And it, as you drink, it will become a refreshing well in you. That's what that scripture says in John 4 verse 14 that you read earlier. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst. But the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. So as you drink, it will become this well of living water. As you make that decision to start drinking and drinking and drinking, that desire will grow. The more you have of it, the more you will desire it. And it's many times just that one decision, I'm going to do this. I'm not doing that, I'm doing this. That's where it starts. So, won't you stand with me this morning? Um, and I think all of us could respond to this word this morning. No matter where you find yourself in this, you know, what we spoke about. Maybe you are spending time with God. And I'm not saying and just assuming that you're not. But you can ask God, am I seeking God's word passionately? Am I praying for a bigger desire? Or maybe you just have to start and make the decision today that, you know what, I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to start drinking from this well of living water.
So why don't you just close your eyes and if you're here this morning and you want to make that decision today, saying, God, I realize today that I have to spend time with you in your word alone. And I realize that I'm not, I've not been doing that. And that is why I don't have a desire. Why don't you just raise your hand if you're making that decision today to start doing that. You can put them down once you've raised them. And then I just also want to pray for you if you are reading God's Word and you are spending time with Him and you just need a refreshing of His presence as you spend time with Him and you just need God to blow Him with a fresh wind. Because you know He does that as well. And as I read this Psalms 119, I can see how David has this living relationship with God and it's not dead. So if you find yourself that you're kind of dead and you just trust God that His fresh wind will blow over you, you can also raise your hand and I'll pray with you. You can put it on. Lord, we have a desire for Your presence and for Your living Word to change us from the inside. Holy Spirit, I pray for each and every one that's making that decision today to start drink, just to drink from this well. I pray that You would stir up that desire for Your Word and for You. Thank you that you say in your word that as we do this, as we're starting this process and this drinking, that you will stir up a well on the inside of us. I pray that you would stir up a well on the, each, on the inside of each and every one of us. And I pray for people that have been doing this. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would refresh them now in the name of Jesus. I pray that as they open your word, that your presence will fall in their rooms. I pray that you would speak through your word. Open our ears, God. We want to be passionately seeking you. Meditate deeply on your word. Thank you that you always meet us where we're at. Thank you for giving us your word. So as you stand there, just take a moment and just pray and ask God to <clears throat> show you what do you have to, maybe you've been drinking from the wrong well. Maybe you've been plugged into the Word of God sometimes, but then other times you're really just plugged into other things. And let Him show you if that is you. Let Him show you if you are plugged into your earbuds. And just you and God, lay it down before Him. Just come and say, Lord, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that I'm choosing this before you. Now, I'm not saying with that we are not allowed to watch the news or watch Netflix or spend time with our friends. It's when that thing takes the time that you're supposed to spend with God, when that takes away from that. And you're choosing to do that instead of spending time with God. 
Holy Spirit, show each and every one of us if there's anything in our lives that are stealing and that we are plugged into, if we are plugged into the wrong well. And you just lay down at God's feet this morning.